0: Good afternoon. Welcome to this week's edition of the Embedded Insiders brought to you by the Trusted Computing Group. TCG provides proven standards for built in security. Learn how to secure the insecure Internet of Things and embedded systems at www.trustedcomputinggroup.org. Hello, Brandon.
1: Hey, how you doing? It's Halloween. Uh, happy Halloween, everyone.
0: Happy Halloween. Uh, I'm Rich Nass, Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media. The guy on the other end is Brandon Lewis, technology editor, and we have a Halloween edition of Embedded Insiders because we like to keep it up-to-date and timely. Is, is that correct?
1: Yes, keeping it fresh. We've got some spooky things for developers and anybody involved in the electronics engineering community to keep in mind on this Halloween.
0: Okay. Uh, top ten things, spooky things designers should know, has that?
1: Yep, sounds good.
0: All right, hopefully we can come up with 10. You go first.
1: (laughs) All right, the first one is that um, embedded engineers are probably going to have to deal with cumbersome tools and stacks as more semiconductor vendors continue to swallow up software vendors. What do you think about that?
0: I don't know what you mean. Explain that. Well, uh,
1: increasingly, especially over the last uh, two years when mergers and acquisitions were ripe, um, you saw a lot of semiconductor vendors starting to swallow up or partner more and more with software guys and kind of creep into that space. The problem is once a semiconductor vendor uh, starts getting really close with uh, either development tools or software stacks or operating systems, uh, they want to tune it to their architecture, of course. Um, what that does for most people developing uh, you know, on the software side, developing applications, etc., cetera, uh, it tends to limit the flexibility that they would have otherwise, ha- otherwise would have had. Um, you know, there's always open source out there, but just might, you know, some of the operating systems, tools, et cetera, that you've come to know and love uh, may be a little bit more uh, cumbersome to work with.
0: Okay. I respectfully disagree because of the move to open source, but I get where you're going. No. And my first one is, is along a very similar lines. It actually wasn't the first one, but I'll make it the first one because it dovetails nicely with what you said. Uh, FreeRTOS is becoming much more prominent and will become even more prominent shortly. There's a big win that I'm aware of that I can't talk about yet, but um, FreeRTOS is just becoming really, really big and important. And if you're not looking at it, you should look at it.
1: Well, speaking of dovetailing, I'll dovetail off that um, and actually for this is I guess 3 and 4 the third one is that as we've discussed in recent weeks, uh, people who've been intimately involved in the MIPS architecture have reason to be concerned with, uh, MIPS, uh, being taken over by a venture capitalist firm. It's kind of interesting that one of the other IP vendors didn't come in and swoop up, uh, MIPS and, you know, with their expertise in just managing, you know, the IP, uh, semiconductor IP business model. Um, but, uh, Along from that, so those guys are going to have to learn some new architectures, uh, perhaps, and then if they move to ARM, people who are working on the ARM architecture may need to transition towards RISC-V because RISC-V being open source, then this is where it dovetails, really um, presents some unique value propositions for uh, chip, chip guys.
0: But if I'm very comfortable with ARM, why do I need to know something different?
1: Well, because you want the cheaper one, right?
0: <laughs> okay. So we're on the inexpensive bandwagon with free R costs, risk five. Okay. Right.
1: What's yours? Speaking of risk five, I think we're on to number five now. What's yours?
0: Uh, machine learning is not science fiction, not even close. Mm-hmm. It's here today. It's in use and you better get used to seeing it and be comfortable using it because it is in your future if you're doing anything IoT-related, industrial IoT-related.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And one of the interesting things that uh, both you and I have heard over the last – in the recent future, in the recent past, recently, is that it's not only just uh, neural networking from you know some backend data center in the cloud or even these uh, neural networking chips. Uh, it's actually uh, software guys, like operating system guys, are uh, starting to look into how they fit in the uh, neural network AI machine learning uh, equation. So it's really taking hold, and it's going to affect everybody.
0: Yep, agreed. Well, unfortunately,
1: that was one of the ones that I had too. So I'll skip skip ahead.
0: Okay, I got another one. Okay, go for it. Level four and level five autonomous driving is way harder than people thought and requires far more compute power than people realized, and it's generating more data than people realize, and they have no way, they don't have any, any idea what to do with all this data how to get it out of the car and into the cloud or wherever it's going. Uh, 4G cellular is obviously not an option, um, and I don't think there is a good option out there now. Oh, that that's
1: uh, plays in nicely with machine learning,
0: huh? Exactly. <laughs> well, how? Explain that to me. Hold
1: on. Do you want me to explain it to you? Yes. Well, um, I think that there's going to, you know, machine learning is a, a big part of machine learning, one of the four, you know, the leading uh, application areas is object uh, recognition, detection, et cetera, et cetera. And in the autonomous vehicle, that's obviously plays a huge part. Um, so the more that you can do with uh, using artificial intelligence technologies to uh, cut down some of the decision making and uh, you know processing requirements that would exist. Uh, beyond the car, so you know, sending data beyond the vehicle itself and just having it doing that inferencing in on the vehicle platform itself, uh, the more it could help uh, eliminate some of those data and uh, processing requirements at the edge node, which is the vehicle.
0: Okay, I'll buy that.
1: Alright.
0: You said that Where so are we now? eloquently, I'll I'll believe you.
1: <laughs> Where are we now? Seven?
0: Uh I got another one, you ready? Yep. I am ready to declare a winner in the war of the low-power wireless WAN.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: Laura. Why? Uh, Simply because in my travels, that's the one that people are picking. Um, It is probably the technology leader, not definitely. I still have issues with the business model behind it, but it seems to be the horse that everybody is betting on. And as we know, it's not necessarily the best, best technology that wins. It's the one that gets the most support.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, they they do have infrastructure deployment uh, challenges ahead. Not that, that it's a challenge. They just need to get the infrastructure out there. And we'll see what 3GPP has to say about that. But I'm in agreement with you. Really? Yeah, I am. I, I, I'm a Laura believer.
0: I'm glad we're recording this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up; it won't happen that often. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: it. That's my predictions for this Halloween day.
1: I have two more. Okay. One is that uh, so this is number nine, I think. One is that security is going to end up costing people in one way or the other, um, and I think, and I don't mean you know all the brand branding problems and costs that come from breaches. Um, after the equifax uh, thing happened you know this it doesn't translate directly into the internet of things but it's just a signal of of security breaches really reaching the public consciousness the front of it and once that happens people are going to be increasingly wary especially you know i mean it's your it's your credit um so i think that whether companies like it or not in our space they're either going to have to embrace doing that, uh, building secure products end-to-end, system-of-system system products in-house, which is going to be really difficult. More likely, they're going to have to outsource it to growing security services companies who just handle the end-to-end uh, security development. You know, you're going to, you know, you have uh, design and then test right now uh, that should be operating somewhat in parallel, and I think you could have design. Test, and then uh, you know a branch of that that's security which could fall either in the design or the test uh, side, so that'll be a pretty penny, but one that everybody's going to have to swallow
0: okay again, I disagree, but uh, you're welcome to your opinion all right,
1: and the last one is this is the scariest thing of all. How much longer is rich nas going to be covering the embedded computing space?
0: Wow. Uh, I, I didn't realize that there was a finite time limit on that.
1: No, I mean it's it, it could be, could be terrifying. I, all of the things that you've been doing lately, a lot of them are really exciting. I think you might be around for decades to come.
0: Uh, you can probably plan on that.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's my nightmare, not everybody else's.
0: I will outlive the hen <laughs> architecture. <laughs> Sounds good. Very good. That was this week's Embedded Insiders. I am Rich Nass, here for eternity. That was Brandon Lewis, and we are brought to you by the Trusted Computing Group. TCG provides proven standards for built-in security. Learn how to secure the insecure Internet of Things and embedded systems at www.trustedcomputinggroup.org. Have a good one, Brandon. You too. Happy Halloween. Thank you.